You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good to see you guys. Good to worship together. Let me get this mic out of the way. How's everyone doing? Yeah. I can barely see you, so I hope you're awake right now. Uh, but uh, my name is Dustin Peckman. My wife, Catherine, and I, we have the privilege of serving in the youth ministry. And we had a great youth ministry night last night. We played some games. For dinner, it was a good time. So if you missed out, we missed you. But uh, we'll have another one in January. But uh, as Brian said, we're, we're in this series between two trees. This is the second week. Brian talked last week about the first tree. So there's two trees. One tree is in uh, the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, and the second tree at the end of the Bible in Revelation 22. And both trees are the tree of life. And the first tree, Brian talked about the fall of man, and, and many of us know that it's Adam and Eve, the garden of Eden, and it's when sin was introduced into the world, and it was around this first tree. Uh, the separation between man and God, and, and it, it definitely comes with some kind of sadness if we look at the first tree, but then the second tree is, is a tree of hope and salvation and eternity with God. And we are somewhere in between these two trees. And sometimes it's easy to look at the first tree in our own life and think about the, the sin and the regret and the guilt and the shame. God really wants us to look forward. God wants us to look forward to the second tree and to the plan that he has for us. And I'm excited to talk about Abraham today because um, God, uh, God had a great plan for Abraham's life. And he didn't know it. But we're going to see how he obeyed God. And God's story, it's such a big story. And we have such a tiny view, such a tiny glimpse of God's big story. And, but, but one thing hopefully you guys know is that you're a part of that story. And that God, uh, you matter to God, your lives matter to God, your relationships matter to God, what you do in this life matters and we see in Genesis chapter 15 that God comes to Abraham and he says, come out and look at the stars. And he looks up at the stars and he, he said, count the stars. If in fact you can count them, so, so shall your descendants be. And this was a reminder of a covenant that God made with Abraham. That his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and that through his descendants... All nations would be blessed. And so God reminded him and he gave him this glimpse of, oh, every time I look up at the stars, I get a reminder of God's covenant with me. And God gives us reminders like that. But today, we're going to look at Abraham's call and God's covenant that he established with Abraham. But before we get into the first point, let's say a prayer. God, thank you for this morning uh, to be together. Thank you for our family that we have here. God, I need, I need everyone here in my life, God, just to, just to continue to be faithful to you and to uh, see your call in my life. And uh, I pray that we would really continue to work more and more together and be a family to, uh, to point our eyes to you and to see your plan in each of our lives and how we can help each other in that. 
And God, I pray that you would speak through me this morning and take, take myself out of the picture. I pray that your words would be spoken and God, that you would get the glory and the honor. Uh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for including us in your story and having a plan for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the first point is the call. Uh, the, the, the title of the lesson today is Count the Stars. So the first point is the call. Turn over to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. So just to give you a little context, Genesis chapter 3 through 11, we just see sin taking over in the world. There's just sin everywhere and, uh, and mankind is focused on themselves. They're serving themselves. They are their own God. And then in Genesis chapter 12, we see God speak to Abram. And Abram and Abraham, it's the same guy. Uh, God gave him a new name, Abraham, uh, later on. So Abram is, is Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went and, the Lord, and the, as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So Abram was 75 years old. He was in this land that he had known, that he had grown up in, that he was established in. This was his community. This is where his, his, his possessions, his property, everything that he knew was in this land. And he was 75 years old. Like, that is, that's our retirement age, right? That's when, hopefully... We, we, we are retiring or already retired and God tells him to go to a foreign land, to a place that he didn't know. And so what does Abram do? Well, it says in verse 4, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. Just immediate obedience and trust in God. This, this unfamiliar place at this age where he's probably like, Man, why am I, he could have been like, why? Can I just stay here? I've been here for so long. And I was telling this story to Zeke, my four-year-old. And I was, I was saying, you know, God called Abraham to go to this place that he had never been to before. And he didn't know what was there. And what do you think Abraham did? And Zeke said, he obeyed. I'm like, yeah, he obeyed. Why did he obey? Uh, because God would protect him. I'm like, yeah, God would. how would God protect him? He would, he, would, uh, he would fight the bad guys. I'm like, yeah, he would fight the bad guys. What else, how else would he protect him? With his love. And that was his response, with his love. And, and that is God's call in our life. It's a call of love. God doesn't call us because he just wants to control us. He calls us because he loves us. And he knows what's best for us. He knows what's around the next corner when we don't. And he knows what the best plan is for our life. And that is why He calls us. And when we obey, we communicate trust and love back to God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And this is what Abraham lived out in his life. 
He was, he was the man of faith. And, and yet God, God spoke to his hopes and to his dreams. At 75 years old, Abraham didn't have any kids yet. And in that time, your family, your kids, that was a huge part of your status in society. And he didn't yet have kids. And I believe God spoke to those hopes and dreams when he said that through your descendants, all nations would be blessed. And Abraham trusted God with them, uh, even as God was calling him into an unknown place. I've been... I've been a disciple of Jesus for 16 years now, and when I was 14 years old, I decided to, um, to follow God and to surrender my life to Him. It was a young age, and there's been a lot of ups and downs since then. There's been times where I've had seasons of just total trust, like, man, me and God, we are, I couldn't be closer to God, this is awesome, I totally trust Him, things are great, and then other times where I'm like... I don't want to obey. I don't want to go down that road because this seems better right here. And every time I have obeyed God in my life, no matter how crazy or uncomfortable it seemed, every time God has blessed me. The results were always far better than I ever imagined. And on the contrary, every time that I disobeyed and strayed from God's call in my life, or took matters into my own hands, I felt disconnected from God. I felt separated from relationships in my life. I felt frustrated and stressed and just burdened because of the the decision to disobey. And the results were always worse than I ever expected. I, I have left those times feeling regret and wishing I could take it back and obey God instead. And I want to ask you guys a question. Think about a time that you blindly took advice from someone that you trusted, someone that, uh, that you thought to be wise. And how did God work in that situation where you just kind of blindly followed? Because I believe God speaks through us to, uh, to call us to His plan yeah. in our lives. Amen. He uses each one of us. There was a time when... Catherine and I, we, we knew each other when we were really young. Many of you guys know this story. But then I moved back to Colorado, so there was a, a time of about 12 years where we didn't really talk. Our families uh, were not in, in uh, great contact with each other. And then I saw her again at a campus ministry conference. And I was like, that's the girl that, that I grew up with. Our families were friends. And so I met her again. Uh, when she had just graduated high school and we, I took her on a date and we hit things off and I was like, man, I am going to go after this girl. I'm going to pursue her. And so I called up her parents. This was two weeks after our first date. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm interested in Catherine and I'd like to come out to California and take her on another date. And I'd like to ask her to be my girlfriend. And, and her dad was like, oh, that's, that's really exciting. We're, I mean, we're super happy for you, and we love that you're interested in our daughter, but why don't you take this more like a marathon rather than a sprint and slow down a little bit? And, and so I talked to her dad, and one of the pieces of advice that he gave me was to build a friendship with her through her first year of college and to do, to do that by talking twice a month on the phone. 
twice a month. And, and, but I, I, I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with her dad. Like the first conversation I have with him. Um, and so we, we did that. And every two weeks we would talk. And then we would wait two weeks and talk again. And for a year, we talked every two weeks. And we built an incredible friendship over the phone. We saw each other a couple times in between there. And then we started dating a year later. And, and it was incredible because, because um, our, our relationship was not emotional and like, oh, why aren't they calling me? Why isn't she calling me like today? Why isn't she returning my text? We had this structure and we're like, we can, we can trust God in this. And God totally blessed it. And one thing I've learned is that God always, always rewards faith and humility. Abraham obeyed God's call. And in just a moment, we'll see the outcome of Abraham's faith. Here's Abraham's call. Sometimes I forget to do the slides. Uh, in, in Matthew chapter 16, so Abraham had a call in his life, and we also have a call in our life. Right. Let me show you that call. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, it says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This is Jesus speaking. Deny yourself. Take yourself out of the picture. Because we can be our own gods. We can idolize ourselves and our comfort and our schedule and I want this and I want that. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. That person that you were, the, the person of, of sin and disobedience and regret, that person is dead. They're behind. Leave that person in the past. And the cross is a reminder that we are dying to our old self and that we are made new by the blood of Christ. And follow me. Follow me. Follow. We need constant reminders to follow God because there are so many distractions in this life. So many other things that are calling for us to follow. And this is God's call for us. Deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow me. And the second call is this. Go and make disciples of all nations. So as we follow Christ, we don't just get comfortable and we're hanging out behind Him. No, we're inviting other people along the way. Amen. Go, make disciples of all nations. Just as God had a calling for Abraham, God also has a calling for you and me. That's right. Jesus calls us to live a sent life. To go. Teach them. Don't stay put. Be on the move. It's easy to get comfortable, but we have to keep going. Maybe God is calling you to go be pure, to go love others, to go show your kids how to love God, to go read your Bible, open up that good book, to go pray, to go serve the poor. I think God is calling all of us to go be humble. That's a constant calling. We always got to check ourselves in humility. Go be humble. Go apologize and be reconciled to that person that you have strife with. Go be humble and apologize. Go stand up for God in your workplace, in your classroom, on your team. 
go invite your neighbor to dinner, that person you've been meaning to spend time with for years now. Go invite them over for dinner. Go share God with your classmates. Go devote your life to God and get baptized and follow Him and heed this call. Go have those family devotionals. Even after that long day of work, knowing that it will amount to much more in your kids' future. Go be patient with your kids. Go be honest about that secret you've been keeping. Go ask for advice. Go face that fear. Go take that step of faith even though the outcome is uncertain. Go talk to someone about how you can have a relationship with God. Because God's calling in our life, it, it really does... To be honest, I, I didn't remember much from the Sunday services that I sat in as a team. But where the spiritual rubber really met the road is when I sat down with other people and they showed me what God's calling was for my life. They showed me His big picture. And then when I started taking that word and reading His word myself, then it really started to make sense. What is God calling you to go do today? What is God calling you to go do this week? And as I said before, I have never regretted obeying God. It is so worth it to obey God's call in our life. Our response to be determined. What will your response be to God's call in your life? Our response is individual. The second point is the covenant. What is a covenant? What's a covenant? It's an agreement. It's a contract, a promise, a pledge, a guarantee. It's like a safety deposit. So when, when you make a covenant or an agreement with someone or multiple parties, it's something that you can come back to and like, hey, this is what we agreed to. Right. And this is, this is what God makes a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And it's so cool because God calls Abraham in verse 1 and Abraham's response in verse 4 and wedged in between the call and the response is God's covenant, his agreement with Abraham. It says here, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So God's covenant with Abraham. Here it is, a great nation that he's going to bless him, that he's going to make his name great. That he's going to be a blessing, that he's going to bless those who bless you and curse those who show you contempt and that... All nations will be blessed through Abraham. Why would God make a covenant with an imperfect being? Good question. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, come on. It doesn't make sense. And it's crazy because God's solution to a rebellious, sinful world was to restart by blessing one man. God didn't want to further punish or withdraw himself from mankind. He wanted to start over. God's answer was, is, and will always be grace. Grace to believe in us. Grace to promise Himself to us. 
to promise us abundant blessings and the desires of our hearts. This kind of grace, we can't just keep it for ourselves. It deserves to be shared. Shared with the friends here in church. Shared with our co-workers and our classmates and our teammates. Shared with the homeless and the hungry. Shared with the orphaned and the depressed. Everyone needs this kind of restart. And even though Abraham obeyed right away, God knows that it's hard to obey. He knows that we're going to struggle in obeying Him. Whether it's a hesitation or just, no, I think I'm going to go this way. God knows that it's hard. And I know that it's hard for my kids to obey. As much as they want it, we even ask them, do you want to obey us right now? Because we've asked you to stay in bed like ten times. Do you want to obey us? Yeah, I want to obey. Okay, then stay in bed. (laughs) But as a parent, man, we want to do everything in our power to help our kids obey. Because ultimately what we're asking them to do is for their good. And God helps Abraham obey this call to go by making this covenant with him. And God helps him even more along the way by reminding him of this covenant. Abraham doesn't have to go, hey God, remember that covenant you made with me? God's like, remember. Remember this covenant I've made with you. That is God's grace. He's reminding us that he has made this agreement with us. And we, rem- we need reminders in our life because it can be hard to obey. The alternatives can look much better in the moment. And we forget We forget. We go to sleep and maybe we forgot. We get caught up in traffic or work and we forget. And even when we feel connected with God and like, man, I just have complete trust in Him. Maybe you're in that kind of a season in life like, man, it it couldn't get any better. Me and God, we we are tight. Then something happens. Something unexpected happens. Something that might not go along with the plan that has started to form in our mind that we think might be better. And then we try to take matters into our own hands. And that's what happened with Abraham. As much as we see this immediate obedience and trust in God, we're like, man, Abraham, what a stud. Just total trust. Well, we see in in Genesis chapter 16... Right after God takes him out and shows him the stars, the next chapter at least. After he shows him the stars and reminds him, this is, this is how numerous your descendants will be. Abraham takes matters into his own hands and he doesn't have any kids yet. And so his wife has this idea, why don't you sleep with my servant? And through my servant, your descendants will come because his wife was barren. At least to that point she was. And, and so Abraham took matters into his own hands and he tried to bless himself and he tried to bring about this blessing that God had promised with his own plan. Not good. And, he, and he, he could have asked God, is, this is the idea that we have? Is that in line with your plan? He could have asked for advice from the God who had been talking to him and making a covenant with him. Question for you, are you trying to bless yourself in a certain area of your life? Good question. Have you taken matters into your own hands 
because you're tired of waiting. You know, we don't know the big picture, but we know the one who does. And we can trust him. God blessed Abraham, not so that he could keep it for himself, but so he could be a blessing to all nations. God blesses us so that we can bless others. We are blessed to bless. And you think about how God has blessed you. Think about all the blessings, the little things and the big things. Sometimes, sometimes when I'm praying with the kids, like I'm, I'm thinking about teaching them how to pray, so I'm saying things that they think about and that they can kind of um, that say themselves. So I'm like, thank you for the pillow that we get to sleep on and the beds and the warm room and the apartment. And as I'm praying these things, I'm like, these are blessings that like, I never talk about with God. <laughs> Outside of my kids, God has blessed us in so many ways. And one of the greatest ways God has blessed us is by setting us free from our sin. How are you helping others be set free from their sin? Bringing them to God. If impurity is a sin you've been redeemed from, how are you adding purity to this world? If pride is a sin that you've been redeemed from, how are you adding humility into this world? To bless others. If it's anger that you've been redeemed from, how are you adding patience into the world to bless those around you? Be a blessing to those around you. God told Abraham that he would that through him all nations would be blessed through his descendants. And Abraham trusted, he obeyed, but he didn't know how God would fulfill this covenant. He had no idea. And we see that later on. That through Abraham, Jesus would come. Jesus was a descendant of Abraham. When, <clears throat> when Abraham chose to obey in that mo- moment and to go to that foreign land, he had no idea that that would be the launching pl- pad that would bring the Messiah into this world. And would continue to bless us thousands of years later. Jesus now calls us to go and continue in Abraham's footsteps and faith to bless all nations. Jesus gives us a promise as well. We read this already, but let's read it again. Actually, we didn't read the whole thing. It says, Then Jesus came near and said to them, This is known as the Great Commission. He's speaking to his disciples, these guys who have already followed him up to this point. So this is the next calling for them. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. God's covenant here, Jesus' covenant, remember, I will be with you always. To the end of the age. As you're going along in life and, and you're trusting God and obeying God and then you start to feel that doubt and like, man, is, is God really with me? Is, is this all for naught? We see Jesus' promise, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And Jesus says, go and make disciples with this promise in our mind that God is with us. And we can go out 
and bless nations. We can go out and teach others how to follow. And how did Jesus teach his disciples? Did he say, just go do it. Just listen to what I say. Just go. No. By example. He went and did it. He said, do as I have done. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. I've already shown you how to love one another. So do the same. So by our examples, we can bless all nations. Think about how you got here. How did you get to the South Bay Church on, what is it, November 19th, 2017? What step of faith did somebody else take that helped you get to this place? Think about that. You know, I think about Kids Kingdom teachers. Kids Kingdom teachers, if you have served in Kids Kingdom, which I think most of you have, you have a pretty thankless job, right? I mean, the parents, we as parents, hopefully we thank you. And we thank you up on stage once or twice a year. But in terms of your audience, those little hearts and minds, those little kids, they're not saying like, wow, you had a great impact on my heart today. Thank you for teaching me. No. Man, you, you may never know the impact that you have on these little hearts, these little minds. But every week when you come in and you point them to God in a small way, man, that will, that will create something big in the future. I think of Clay Jackson. I can see you, Clay. I've seen you a couple. There you are. Um, Clay Jackson is always coming up with some new way that we can bless our community. He's getting in touch with organizations, with groups, and he's sending out emails and he's trying to get, uh, he's trying to get groups mobilized to go bless our community. I appreciate Clay for doing that. He's not paid to do that. No one is telling him to do that. That is God's call in his life and he's obeying that call. And he's helping us to bless others. So thank you, Clay. Let's give it up for Clay Jackson. He probably doesn't want me to give it up for him. But The decisions that you make now will impact others for long after you're gone. And it is easy to look at our life and to say, you know, to see God's plan and be like, man, but if I go that way, I'll miss out on these things. If I obey God in this way, then I won't get to do this. But it is far better to miss out on all these things than to miss out on God's perfect plan for your life. You don't want to miss out on that. Man, you could forfeit everything else, but don't miss God's calling and plan for your life. It can be scary to make those, those faithful decisions to obey. But God will bless them. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, I don't think I put it up here. Again, I'm not very good with slides. <laughs> um, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. You know, if, if you have been following God and been a disciple for a long time, sometimes we can grow weary and lose heart, right? And Paul speaks to the church in Galatian in verse 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest If we do not give up, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, 
especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Keep doing good. Don't grow weary. Where are you in your relationship with God right now and your obedience to Him? Are you enthusiastic? Man, I just can't wait for God to tell me to go somewhere else. I just want to trust Him and obey Him. Or have you grown weary? You're like, man, seriously, another call? Can I just chill on the couch and watch some Netflix for a moment? I just want to relax. This is exhausting. Where are you at in your relationship with God? When you have done something for a while, think about something that you've been doing for a long time. Maybe it's a job that you've had for a long time. Maybe you've been married for a long time. You've had a relationship with God for a long time. You've been exercising for a long time. or You've been trying to eat healthy for a long time. You've been doing a certain hobby for a long time. It doesn't get easier in those things. It requires more effort the longer that we engage in them, the longer that we do them. We might make it look easier because we've been doing it so long and we have this rhythm. But inside, we still have to make that effort, that decision. And the same goes with our relationship with God. We see a a great example of a man that after... Probably 40 years from the first call in his life, Abraham, when he, when he was told to go to this unfamiliar place, and he went with just total trust and obedience. About 40 years later, he has his son Isaac, his only son Isaac, and God calls him to go. He's probably, I don't know, 110 years old at this point. And God comes to him and says, go, take your son to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him there. That call is insane. Why would God call him to do that? But what was Abraham's response? It says early the next morning he got up and went. Forty years later, this guy's over a hundred years old and and it's almost like he hasn't missed a beat in his obedience to God. He gets up early and goes. The call was still there in his life. God kept calling him and calling him and calling him. And the call is still here for us. Even when we think there's a better call out there or we feel scared to answer the call. God's covenant, it's a safety net for us. To catch us when we fall into doubt. When we fall into fear. When we fall into hesitation. And this book right here. This is a reminder of God's covenant with us. This is a reminder of God's grace. This is a reminder of God's love. This is a reminder of God's plan for us to be with Him for eternity. And we get to share all of these blessings and all of this goodness with each other. With the nation around us. With all nations. And God wants to bless you. South Bay Church, God wants to bless us. Not so that we can keep it for ourselves and just have a, a nice party together, but so that we can bless the South Bay community. So that we can bless all nations from here. South Bay Church, brothers and sisters, let's answer God's call this week. Whatever the call is in your life, let's answer God's call and trust Him. I love you guys. Have a great day.
for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.